It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to the Aikidojo podcast. I am David Ito, Chief Instructor of the Aikido Center of Los Angeles, and with me is... Bill D'Angelo. Well, today we um, got an interesting topic. So in the past, we, we addressed a question that was, what do you know now after 30 years that you wish you knew then? Which is, an it was an interesting topic. I thought it was a good podcast. This one that I'm thinking of is a little bit different. What is it that you or I have experienced unexpectedly um, between our 30 years, you're in plus more than 30 years as a student and as the chief instructor? What experiences have you had along the way, could have been at any time during those 30 plus years, that you you weren't planning for, didn't expect, um, whether it's a physical change or a psychological change or spiritual change? What What's happened to you or what's happened to us in that time frame that people might find interesting and say, hmm, you know, because like we were, we've talked about this, that when you train, you expect to get better as technically as a martial artist. When you teach for a long, long time, you expect to develop and work on your teaching. What are the things that, you know, you don't necessarily have worked on that have gotten better or have been good? So one of the things I, I, I was been thinking about last night, I went to this student's wedding yesterday and I was really surprised at how happy he was. Not because he shouldn't be happy or he shouldn't be happy. He, he's not a happy person. But but not in the sense that, like, about happiness. Like, I didn't realize that people could be happy. Seems ridiculous. I am not a happy person. I'm not a fun person. My I am not this person who just lets loose. Right. It's, you know, get drunk, dance in the streets, have a great time. I am not that person. Right. I am all majime. Majime in Japanese means serious. I am serious. All day long. All day long. You know, and then so I don't understand, right? Furusente developed me to be a killing machine. Right. And then today you go away, now you got to have fun, right? And so today, like, you know, um, I, I watched this video of Mike Tyson. I'm done. Listen, I'm 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 a, I'm a student in the world. I know all the warriors from in that from Charlemagne Achilles, the number one warrior of all warriors. From there, Alexander and Napoleon. I know them all. I read them all. I studied them all. I know the art of fight. I know the art of war. That's why I was studied. That's why I'm so feared. That's why they feared me when I was in the ring because I saw my I was annihilated. That's all I was born for. Now those days are gone. It's empty. I'm nothing. I'm working on being the art of humbleness. 
Can you be with me? That's the reason why I'm crying because I'm not that person. And I miss him. Because sometimes I feel like a bitch. Because I don't want it. I don't want that person to come out because he comes out. How's this coming with him? And it's not funny at all. It sounds cool. Like, I'm a tough guy. It's just, I hate that guy. I'm scared of it. So in that video, right, like, I, that's the way I feel. Right. Everything that Tyson's saying is the way I feel. Right. What about the part where Tyson is, is referencing feeling that that um, there's this, now this period of experience he has where he says, not not fighting, he feels empty. Yeah. He's working on something different. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is the thing I did not expect. And it's not, a, it's not a benefit. It is a good thing, but it's not a, it, it's. You don't think of it traditionally as a benefit. Right. Is, is that you, you are bred to fight. We, we learned Aikido as a martial art. Right. There was no backing down. If someone came in and then you didn't thrash them, Sensei went off on you. Right. Sensei would say, I'm going to strip that third degree black belt. You know, like a guy came Bust in once. Yeah. Well, this guy came in once and he was a, he was a big guy, but a white belt. And he wasn't a bad guy or anything like that. And then he tried to jam my Kodagaishi. And then I just let him. And then I just went like, hey, man, just let it go. Just, you don't have to jam me. Just relax and then I threw him down but he wouldn't let it go no but still he was fine and then afterwards since he goes why do you just throw him down and I go he didn't I go he's not resisting me he's just he doesn't know any better and since he goes next time you just throw him down if you if you can't throw him down you just give up your third degree black belt and you're like oh okay you know and then since he didn't outright tell us that we should be beating people up but that was the spirit of the dojo back then underlying message yeah, like remember we, we, I talked about in the last podcast that the dojo was like gladiator's arena. And so you you become bred to fight and 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 resist. But then now that you're getting you're I'm getting older and now that I'm the teacher, I'm not lauded for those things. Right. So then you you, you do feel empty inside. You're like, wait, what am, I'm supposed to be this fighter. So people tell me how spectacular my butt kickings are. Right. And then now they don't tell me that. And then I'm I'm supposed to be humble. I'm supposed to be um positive. Has teaching for you been any kind of consolation consolation's a really rough word, but I say compensating factor for this change you feel as a martial artist? No. No. Not really. It it to me, when Free Sense first died, I thought this is so unfair. Hmm. It's so unfair because Watanabe is gone and I have to become the teacher. Right. And I'm left stuck holding the entire bag where I got to fix all the problems of Furu Sensei's death. I got to hold the dojo together. I got to do, do all these things. At, at, and you can no longer be a warrior. Right. You, you have know? to change your mentality a little bit. And I talked about this in another podcast where like you no longer can be the warrior. You have to be the teacher now. Right. And so... When I was at this person's wedding last night, I was, su- I was, I mean, it seems ridiculous to say this, but like, I was surprised that people can be happy. Right. That this person's a really great guy. His, his uh, new wife right. is a super nice person and they're totally happy and they're having a great time. Everybody's having a great time. And I go, is that a thing? Yeah, it's it's tough. And so you think, no, are we just a destroy? Right. And like, 
I've been at war for so long that I did not realize that you're supposed to be happy. You're supposed to have fun. You're supposed to, you're supposed to have contentment. And that's why I taught that thing this morning about contentment and how to, how to kind of fight it in your body. But like we, we weren't bred for that. Right. We were bred, we bred, you better be serious. You're laughing. I'll give you something to laugh at. Right. You know, you, there was nothing but, but dead serious. You know, when people ask me what Furious Sensei's style is, his uh, style of Aikido, I say, he's dead serious. Right. Dead serious. You know, there was a time when, when we used to teach in the Santa Monica dojo and then I would, after class, they would give me a check and I'd have to drive it back to the dojo. They always spelled Aikido wrong. And you'd fix it? Well, no. The first time, Sensei made me drive back and make them fix it. And like a total idiot, I drove back in traffic to Santa Monica and back to have them fix it, rewrite it. So then subsequently, I just, you know, fix it. I would just write the I there. <laughs> Kept a couple different pens. So they spelled Aikido, Aikido? Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> but Sensei, the first time, Sensei made me drive back and fix it. And I did because I thought, what if he checks? What if he calls? He'll find out that I didn't do this. But then the subsequent times, I just doctored the envelope to make it look correct, and he never knew. But, like, he was serious. Yeah, he was very serious. Right? And so if Sensei's not happy, you have no right to be happy. That's the That was the feeling. Since you not have a good time, you shouldn't be having a good time. Sensei don't go on vacation, you don't go on vacation. What are you, what are you laughing at? I'll give you something to laugh at. And so... Being at this person's wedding, I was just, I was sitting there and I was struck by like, I mean, I had fun at my own wedding and I have gone to other weddings, but this is the first time I really sat there and I was like, wow, this person is really happy. Mm. Really? I mean, it seems like he's truly happy. And then I go, is that a thing? You know, and you think, oh, and so... When I, as I was thinking about it, the thing I, I came up with is that at a certain point in your training, you have to think of it, you have to come in from the cold. It's You are no longer at war. Right. The battle is over. But when the battle is over, what does that mean? You just start being happy. Ha, 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 I'm so happy now. No, like you, everything you, I realize that everything in my life, I look at as a fight or a battle. I'm being attacked or I have to attack. The person's cut me off in traffic, I get to get them back. Right. This person's cutting me off, oh, they must want to fight. This the the person at the grocery store is taking too long. Oh, she must want you know, want some. Oh. I'm not at war. Yeah. This is not a fight. It's okay if they take and so yeah, as was Tyson alluded to in that video is that he has to learn the art of humbleness. Which is a different thing than... The, well, he really has to learn the art of humanity. The person who cuts you off in traffic, if you you think of it from the standpoint of war, you got to get them. They're doing, it, they're doing it to you. It's personal. Got to get them. When you look at it from the, the standpoint of humanity, maybe that person is driving to see their mother before she dies. Right. Maybe you don't know what their suffering is. We don't know what their suffering is. Maybe the the, the doctor said she's going to be gone in five minutes. You got to get here and you got to drive a hundred and you got to cut a couple people off. So when you look at it from the standpoint of humanity, you go, yeah, you drive faster. Cut me off. It's cool. Get there. Right. Do right? your thing. We're not at war. 
It's funny you say that because when we were, when I was thinking about this topic, the number one thing that came in my mind is slightly it's similar to what you're saying, saying, but not exact. So this is just when I wrote this down at the topic, I started asking myself introspectively, like, what's my answer to this? And it's not, I don't think it's as good as yours, but what I realized was you can't be violent all the time. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Yeah, well, you can't be, and you're right. It's, it, but the thing is, is that we were taught Aikido as a martial art. Yeah. We were taught to be serious. We, we were taught to be violent. And so Fuyo-sensei dies. We're left with that. And we're left with that. And there's no one to say, hey, guys, uh, by the way, violence time is over. Yeah. I mean, I, I think everything you're saying really resonates with me because that was the one thing that I, I think I felt. And I don't know how to deal with it because, like you said, like, I mean, I, I don't have quite the, the background that you do, but I feel it very similarly. Like, if when I used to come to the dojo, when I was in the car on my way to the dojo, I was already feeling like the parasympathetic part of my nervous system get ready for battle in the car, maybe at my desk before I get in the car. Yeah. So by the time I'm walking through the garden and the water's dripping on me, I'm like, I'm like, and it's, there's an element of aggression, there's an element of fear, there's an element of confrontation. And I don't know when it stopped being like that all the time, but it definitely changed in the last like 10 years that I don't have to be that way all the time. Well, but for one, since it's not here anymore, and then it, when you're late, I don't say anything. When you do something, I don't really get as mad in the last 10 years. But the first five years, I got mad all the time. Right? But like, that that's a thing, like if you you don't know any better. Right. Right. And so the the benefit is that you you learn to grow as a human being, right? If you learn if if you study martial arts and you learn to grow as a human being, right? Because martial arts is a self-development tool. Right. You get to this place where you realize you don't need to you don't need to fight anybody anymore. It's not about fighting. Right. But that's hard because you've been taught all this time fight. to fight. So let me ask you a question. So Today's class, you did a couple things you don't normally do. Not that people will know because we don't have the class on tape, but um, one of the things you did, which you do rarely, but you do do it, is you you, you tried to really ex- explain the mental state, how their mind-body connection works during the warm-up, which I think a lot of people just think of the warm as I got to get through it to get to my training. It was interesting, like you broke it down, um, and then during the class, you... Don't you broke it down verbally in ways that you normally don't. And I thought that was really interesting, especially given what you're talking about, because I, I think maybe you're trying to like 
develop the students, all of us, like at a, to a different level? Well, I mean, we the thing that you're talking about is this idea of contentment, right? Because as I, you know, my commute is an hour. So when I was driving in at five in the morning, I was thinking like, what, when I was thinking about this person's wedding, I was like, you know, happiness, happiness is on one side, sadness is on the other. Right. And those are just feelings. But the state of being that we're trying to cultivate in, in, in Aikido training or all martial arts training is contentment. Right. Right. This, this idea of contentment is that I do no, I no longer need to destroy you. Right. I am content with this moment. This symbol says, Ware tada taru wo shiru, which means I only seek to know contentment. So that is my favorite, like saying whatever it is, like I, I only seek to know contentment. But only this morning or last night when I was at this thing did I realize, oh, that's what the martial arts is trying to, trying to teach you. This thing where these people are all dancing, some of them are dancing well, and some of them are not dancing so well. <laughs> They're having a great time. Right. They're lost in the moment. To be lost in this moment is this is on a certain level is contentment. Right, because you you are not affected by the past, the past or the future. Happiness and sadness, right? This idea that those are fe feelings; they're not state of beings. Contentment is a state of being, right? That you're you're sitting there without the without with no one to fight. So, because there's no one to fight, then you have no purpose. That's why Tyson's saying, "I feel empty inside. Right. I feel like a." Right, I understand. Right, because he he no longer has a purpose. In Which is crazy for him to say, because well, I know both of us have seen this clip he did about three to six months ago where he, some guy, some other martial artist, was asking Tyson to help him like uh, in, in changing vertical spacing and like coming in and doing combinations. And Tyson gears up, and this is this year, so he's like in his 50s. The dude was monstrous. I mean, he was, like, you watch that. Now, yeah, of course, like, if fighting against someone who's 20, the reflexes have slowed down. But still, the way he moved, what he did, I was like, dude, like, people are, would be a fool not to be afraid of you, given. So I just find it interesting, like, that having put those two videos together, having watched one and the other, and they're both from this year, like, he feels that way. But, I mean. But, to see, the thing is, is that, what he has come to understand, which he probably has not been able to verbalize, is that the destruction of others is empty. Right. Right. And because it's empty, you've been, your whole life, you've been- The destroyer. The destroyer, but, gear, but gearing yourself up to be the destroyer. And now that you become this destroyer, it's empty. So then where is my purpose in life? Who am I? Without it, people don't clap. Without it, people don't shake my hand. Without it, who am I? Right. And then now I must be humble. Now he must train people, help people, talk to people. He can no longer punch people in the face. Right. He is no longer at war. So when you're no longer at war, what is your purpose? And I guess my, my, my follow-up question to that is, at least in Aikido, in our dojo, whether we like it or not, people have gotten older, 
Some teach, some don't. But if you're teaching, that's, that's as, as I think you've referenced this in the past many times, there's an element of teaching that's a different path from being the destroyer. Tyson, I, I don't want to overly speculate, but I mean, he's an incredibly skilled person. But I, my guess is, is that maybe he doesn't want to train boxers. But I, but see, like, that's not the point. It's what you're geared to do. Okay. So the other thing I was thinking about is that he's in a tr- he's in a transitory space. Okay. So when you go to this thing, there what are the what are the careers that people like? If you look at martial arts movies, what are the what does the old master become? No, kung fu movies, mar- uh, martial arts movies, samurai movies. What does the old martial arts teacher retire into? Well, if it's in, if I mean, the, this is just a guess, but like the first thing that came to my mind was sort of like a bodhisattva kind of. Yes, they become a priest or a pastor. Right. So you look at the NFL, NBA, uh, Major League Baseball. Look at all these these the high level people that become pastors. Right. Because they have to translate or transfer this discipline into something else in a positive way in a, well not in a positive way there's no place else to go right so they a lot of them turn to religion right because remember a lot of these people acted really badly when they were professionals Tyson, so it's a type of moral compensation some of it's moral but some of it's this, this discipline that you, you're like trying to find this discipline so some of the some of them become teachers some of them become healers some of them become priests because they're trying to become sagely Right, and so you 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 move into this space where you become this this other person. And what's the other career that a lot of these people do? And I'll give you a hint. What did Bo? What's Bo Jackson doing? We don't let Bo Jackson do. Bo Jackson is a huge businessman. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, huge. What did George Foreman do? Businessman. Mike Magic Johnson. Because you part, yeah, Magic Johnson. You parlay this discipline and mindset into making money. Right. Right. So some of them do that. And become very successful. What do other people do? What's the other pitfall that they end up doing? So you've got you've got religious change, business mogul. Um, I mean, the one that I, I mean, I, I think some of them do. Like, um, who's that really famous um, uh, football player? Deion Sanders. So Deion Sanders, he's a head coach. Well, that's a teacher, right? Right, he becomes a teacher. But what's the other thing people go do? Drugs? I don't know. They go to jail. Oh, yeah, but they commit crimes. They commit crimes because, for one, they're trying to make money. They're trying to get the glory back. They, they're they acting badly, right? Right. They don't know how to handle retirement. Look at Tyson. He could easily become a criminal. Right. Because he's upset. He's emotional. He's doing all these things and then... And he did time. Well, no, I'm talking about right now. Yeah, yeah. He no, goes of off and does time because something... You end up getting involved in the wrong things because you don't have any place to go. Right. The cheering stopped. The money ran out. How do I get money? How do I get fans? How do I get... How do I get the thrill again? Right. It's how the thrill. You do. You commit crimes, right? And then you go to jail. So that is that is the gangster or... um. I don't know, you would even call it, but like in, in martial arts movie, it's always Ben Hung, the disgraced Shaolin monk, right? And Iron Monkey, Ben Hung says, you know, it's a Chinese poem, um, men li- uh, birds live for food, man lives for wealth. So how can I, you know, 
continuing to do this. So he supposedly betrays the Shaolin Temple and it's overrun by the White Lotus Society and then they kill all the Shaolin monks, you know. But that's that thing. Look at look at all these these martial arts movies where the head student becomes the bad guy and then the new head student has to fight him and win and all this type of stuff. It's the archetype of the gangster, right? Uh, Sonny Chiba, um, Street Fighter. I can see you. Know, you but my name is Din Sao. Din Sao is a Hong Kong cutthroat. And then the, whether the, or they become a warlord, right? Because they need to command people. They need to be this person. So we could, you could parlay this thing into becoming any way, anything you want. But what we're talking about in this sense is that Mike Tyson is in, in this transitory space where he is no longer needed, wanted, lauded, or can create any access from, from, from being a warrior. So then where do you go? He becomes a doctor, he becomes a lawyer, he becomes, I mean, you know, Mike Tyson, the 55-year-old lawyer, you know, arguing your DUI case in court? No, he can't do that. One of the things I do think is really interesting about Mike Tyson because I watched a bunch of interviews with him and, and him training a little bit. He definitely seems like he's evolved. Oh, no, he's def he definitely is. I'm not saying that he's where he's gone, but I mean, definitely, like, listening to him talk now, he, he's, he does seem like he's had a lot of opportunity to in be in perspective because he's, even just the fact that he's talking about his experiences is a totally different experience for us of Tyson from 30 years ago. But see, that's your, that's your inexperience or your lack of understanding of Tyson. Like, I always knew that he's a student of the game. Supposedly, he, I'm not sure if this is true, but in the back in the day, supposedly, he has the largest collection of boxing films. Yeah, I believe that. I'm, and that he can sit there and and, and watch you. watch a old, you know, 1920s boxing footage and explain to you, this is this is the person, this is their record, this is their nickname. Yeah. He can, he's very um, well-read in that sense, right? So he, on a certain level... He is a warrior scholar. Right. Right. And so because he's this warrior scholar, that's why he's suffering. Because he now knows that there is something out there other than killing. Right. Well, what is it? You know, selling marijuana products? Empty. Doing all these things? Empty. And so, you know, not that he's a great person or anything like that. We don't really know how he lives his Day-to-day -day life. His day-to-day non-media life. But it's just something for us to really try to understand as a martial artist that once the killing and beating people up is over, yeah. what do you do? How do you act? Oh, well, you got to be a teacher. Now I got to be a teacher? And then everyone just talks about how great of a teacher you are or not a great of a teacher you are or how good your philosophy is or how well-read you are. No one says, oh, his, but he kicks butt. Right. Or they go, oh, well, you know, he's old now. No, no, I could still beat you up. And then you got to, like, try to beat him up. And then you realize that is so empty. But because it's empty, you have to try to find something new to fill that void. But what do you find to fill that void? You can either go one of a few different ways. Business person, more sagely person, or criminal. Criminal, follow the wrong path. Warlord, criminal, gangster. Because you don't know where to put your time and energy. Some people are lucky enough to have something in their back pocket to become a business person, a doctor, a lawyer, a um, school teacher, something like that. But some of these people 
they're not lucky enough to have anything in their back pocket. One thing that comes immediately to mind, only because I know a little bit about it, but I'm clearly not an expert on this, is that when Magic Johnson transitioned away from being a player, one of the greatest players of all time, he found himself a mentor in business with Michael Ovitz from CAA. And he basically said, like, I have raw, I have the talent, I have the drive, but, you know, I need, I need some models for me to to make that transition. Like, I wouldn't know. He's like, I was a coachable player, championship player. Um, but was it because he was smart about how to do training that he went out and found someone to help him transition from that mind, from the, from the mindset to something else? I wonder, because I think, because Magic Johnson is, I mean, he's a billionaire. He's an incredible investor. Um, seems like he's a good person. Um, but I know from his story that he, he specifically sought out including not just Michael Ovitz, but Jerry Buss right. um, worked with him. But that's the thing is that some people are lucky enough or have the opportunity. Right. Some people aren't lucky enough and don't have the opportunity, and the only person they meet is some of those guys from back in the day. Right. And they say, hey, man, you want to make some quick money? <laughs> Let's do this healthcare scam, right? And then you do something, and then next thing you know, you're getting picked off, and then how did I get here, right? So that's the thing, like where you some people are lucky enough to have something in their back pocket right. when they retire, when they try from from uh, professional sports, uh, martial arts, Aikido, whatever it is, that they can parlay that, parlay that discipline. Some people are not lucky. In Tyson's case, he's he's in a transitional space, so he sits there and he thinks, but beating, you know, because just a year ago he fought um, Rojo Jr. right and won. Yeah. But then I I, I saw some some uh, interview with him. Which she said that it was horrible. Really? Because all the things that he had forgotten about how much he hated fighting came back. Came back. Yeah. Yeah. And then so he stepped he he's now stepping away from that one hundred percent because he said it just made me a horrible person. You don't you don't want to be around me. Interesting. Right. And so that's what he said at the end of that thing. He's like, you know, if I let that thing out, all hell breaks loose or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. But that's that thing, like you you have, when you leave it behind, what's there has to be something that replaces that. There has to be a purpose. So do you think like in the in the traditional Aikido personal trajectory, you start as a student, you're a student for a long time, maybe you teach, maybe you become like you, you're the head instructor, chief instructor. I mean, have, have you found that the, that the teaching is a compensating factor for, no. No, it makes it worse. Really? Why does it make it worse? It makes it worse because now everything is on the line. I lose my temper. Everyone goes, oh, see, he's not a, um, a developed person. He's just this barbarian from those old days. So one, so one time, when after Free Sensei died, um, I told this student who was, chief, who was a chief instructor from another dojo, who supposedly is this high-ranking karate person, but also an Aikido teacher, I said, you move in like that, you're going to get kicked in the nuts. And then we're working together. You can't move like that, you're going to get kicked in the nuts. Third time, I just kicked him in the nuts. Right. Uh, and then what happens? He he makes up this story that he got injured and all this stuff, and then he tells everybody, I got injured, all these things. He kicked me in the nuts. I, and I want to say, man, aren't you like sixth on in karate? How did that happen? If you're sixth on, I go, okay, whatever. But he tells everybody, oh, David, you kicked me in the nuts. And then everybody goes, oh, my God, David's so horrible. What a mean person. He's not a, he's not a teacher. He's nothing like Furia Sensei. But then at the, the, so stuff like that where you, it makes it really hard because you're like, I, I'm not, I wasn't taught to be the teacher. I wasn't bred to be the teacher. I wasn't developed to be the teacher. You had to teacher. instrument. 
I assumed that role because Watanabe Sensei was gone. Right. There was no one to do it. Yeah, there was no one to do it. So I wasn't developed. Sensei didn't say, when you get upset, don't kick people in the nuts. I go, well, when I get upset, I, when I, get upset, right. I kick people in the nuts. So, you know, it's like it, it made it harder because now everyone wants to know how developed I am, how, how much of a good person I am, how happy I am, how um, content I am, how mindful I am. And then I'm like, I'm not mindful at all, man. So the discrepancy, you feel it? I feel it, but it, it, I don't know how. It, was, it took a long time. And even now, like, I, I mean, I just realized people could be happy. I'm 52 years old. I, I've 52 year olds. I'm married. I have kids. And I didn't realize people could be happy. And I was like, oh, my God, people can be happy. Right. But that's the thing. Like, you you really learn, you really learn these lessons. If you, if you stay long enough and if you really develop yourself, you learn these lessons. Right. Not everybody learns these lessons. Some people just quit. Right. They go, well, I did it for 10 years. I didn't like it. You know, my teacher died. I quit. Uh, some, not everybody becomes a teacher. Some people just become instructors. Hey, move your foot here. And then that's all they're good for. Unfortunately for me, I became a teacher for some crazy ass reason, right. which I didn't, it wasn't something where I said, I want to be a, t I want to be a, a real teacher. It just kind of happened. And so now I'm always judged by the, I don't know, the metric of being a real teacher. A real teacher doesn't kick people in nuts. A real teacher doesn't lose their temper. A real teacher doesn't get in fights. And then here I am kicking people in nuts, getting into fights, doing these things, and I go, I'm suffering because I am a warrior. I am not a teacher. I was not, I had never thought that I would be a teacher. I'm what's the, what's the, in your mind, now having done both for a really long time, um, what's the big difference between being a student and being the, the instructor? Would you have a problem? You smash it when you're a warrior. Every every problem, very simple. Every problem you have, you only have a hammer to salute is a solution. Right. You mouth off, I'm smashing you. Right? Or get or getting smashed by you. As a teacher, I have to go, Bill. Don't do that. Please don't do that because I know, okay, I know I I know okay, go Bill, stop yelling at me. Right. Bill, please stop yelling at me. Bill, Bill. See, I'm using my my therapist voice. Right. Bill, right. let's not do that. And then but but in the warrior me goes, just kick this guy in the nuts. Right. And then you go, you can't do that because you're the teacher now and all these different things. That, and there's a responsibility that comes with that. And that responsibility is a huge burden. Everything I do is can be misinterpreted. Okay. Oh, David gave this person this. David didn't give this person this. David this thing. And then you go. So that's the thing. So you have to learn. And then that's really, really hard. And so for like Mike Tyson, the art of... Where, where did you go to learn the art of humbleness? That's why he asked Sugar Ray, can't you help me? Right. Or maybe he thinks that Sugar Ray somehow has the answer. And it was interesting. If you watch the video where on um, Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson and he interviews De La Hoya, De La Hoya shows off his, his man-made abs, that he has liposuction, ice, li uh, cold liposuction done on his... Dang, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, on just his abs. So even though if you look at him from the side... It looks like he has a gut, but if you look at him from the front, he has abs because he can't leave it. He can't leave it behind. Can't leave. I got to have these muscles. I got to have this skill. I got to be able to kill people. I, you know, the joke from the, the, the hangover when Mike Tyson punches that dude, he still got it. So see how like Mike Tyson is 
it's it's a it's a um the shackles that he wears that people still want to know if he's got it right no one's saying oh man what a great person mike tyson is they go didn't he bite a guy's ear off didn't he rape a woman well yeah he probably did all those things and more the stuff he didn't get caught for but today as a as a as a warrior he's evolved and as a as a martial artist you have to evolve I was telling one of the students yesterday, look, dude, you're this you're this many years old. You got to leave fighting behind. Well, you're not at war. You're getting older. You have to learn to enjoy Aikido because the more you try to fight people on Aikido, the more, the more, uh, the higher percentage of time you're going to end up getting hurt. Right. And then you got to learn to let go of fighting. And you know, that's basically, I'm just basically telling myself that. But that, that person, all they want to do is rough people up. All they want to do is win. But when you're trying to win, you're trying to rough people up, you're trying to get one up on people, you, you're a warrior. That's a warrior's mentality. Right. The teacher, the teacher is trying to develop people, not trying to destroy people. And, you know, you go, well, don't you destroy them to build them up? Um, in the old days, yeah, but today you don't. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we think about, like, these un- unintended benefits. I mean, it's a benefit. I understand it's a benefit, but it's such doesn't a- doesn't feel like one. It's such a painful benefit that- you know, there was one time when I was walking, I was holding my son, uh, my daughter, and she was maybe two years old, and my son was like three and a half, four years old, and I was carrying him to the car, and my son was about to touch dog poop. And I go, don't touch it, don't touch it. And the, in that moment, I remembered, oh, if this was my dad, he would have just kicked me as hard as he could. To get you away from the To get it away. But I would never do that to my own son. And I went, oh, yeah. and you got to break the, the, the cycle, break the chain from the past and not do these things. And it's really hard because he will never have touched dog poop after that. I guarantee if you had kicked him as hard as you could, but then the PTSD from getting kicked by your dad as hard as he could. Is like, Settle in early. Yeah. But my dad would have just kicked me as hard as he could. Right. But that's that hard part. Like, you know, knowing what they know now, we don't do that to people. But my teacher didn't live long enough to guide me through this stage in life. Right. When I talk to people, I see people, I see other teachers, I go, oh, they're still in the fighting stage of, of Aikido. Some of the famous Aikido teachers died in the fighting stage, even though they were old. They still got it. I still got it. I can still grip it and rip it. And, you know, I heard someone talking about, oh, those are just demonstration teachers where all they do is demonstrate that te- uh, they don't teach the technique. They just demonstrate it. And these guys tem- uh, teach it. They don't really demonstrate it because they can't do it. You know, and that's different. Those are two different types of things. But the whole thing is that I don't have a teacher that I can go, hey, what do I do now? Do you? So, I mean, what the first like thought that came to my mind about this is this might be particularly a problem with a martial arts dynamic between growing as a student, becoming a teacher. Because I think of like other Okay, Aikido's not a sport, but other physical activity that are sports where people, like, you know, you're you're a star linebacker on a football team for 15, 10 years, let's say, and that's probably a long career. And then after that, you work your way up to becoming a coach. Um, but we don't, when we look at coaches in football, we don't expect them to still be able to run a four, you know, a four flat 40, but we expect them to know how to teach to run a four flat 40 or whatever the skill set is. But we don't expect football the only thing I think where we still expect it is the football coach still has to have the winning mentality, but he isn't expected to to like win the battle 
himself. Right. And so which, but what you're kind of talking about is this this other thing that I didn't really say. It's like you have gangster, you have sage, but you have this person that becomes a quasi teacher, and that's a coach. Look at the mm-hmm. look at how many of the coaches are in the NFL are overweight. Most, most of them. Yeah. Is that healthy? No, no. They're not living healthy lifestyles, so they ha- they can't let go of fighting mentality. Mm-hmm. So see how like you can't let it go. So because, like, you remember the, some of the martial arts movies or cowboy movies and military movies? They always have, like, the old warrior. And the old warrior's like, you got to go around the back, do this thing, and all this stuff. And then you follow advice, and then in the first three minutes of the battle, that old old hand gets killed. Yeah. Right? The reason why is that that person still is engaging in war even though they're way past their expiration date. Right. Way past their prime. And then that person... It's almost it's unhealthy, because you you cannot be competitive anymore. But then they have no other place to go. So that's what happens to Mike Tyson that he's got no other place to go. So he's sixty fighting on fighting at the you know Orange County Fair because he can't let it go. And so he's sixty. He's got a huge gut. He's taking on three guys and you know and all this stuff. And then. He's getting paid a little bit of money, smokes smokes some pot in between, and he got no place to go. It seems like that's that you know, anything with competition in it can go this route. Right. But I'm thinking like I mean, I grew up watching boxing. I know you were grew up as a boxer. Like boxing like back in the day was an incredible skill. It was incredible drama. But how many fighters, even the greatest, George Foreman, Muhammad Ali, they continued to fight way Past, but why? But why do they do that? But they they're not able to change, and they need the money. Yeah, and the money, right? Cassius Clay, right? Muhammad Ali, he was banned from boxing in his prime, right? Because he was in jail. Well, he wasn't. Yeah, in jail, and he was banned from boxing for for um, avoiding the draft in his prime, right? George Foreman's fighting in his in in his forties or whatever it was because fifties, fifties, but he needed the money. Yeah. And only then did boxing become big business, right? But the thing is that like it becomes unhealthy. Yeah. Because you're not doing it you're you're past your prime, so you're 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 engaging in something which is unhealthy. And so like when we you we talk about students, they they have to leave the physical technique. They have to give up this idea of war and then they can just have fun. But a lot of still comp- playing competitively, fighting competitively. I know one one competitive uh fighter who the, their their head student told me that he does steroids, and that he won and was going to give up, it was going to qu- retire. But then he, could, he because he won, he got addicted to it. He going to do another year and do more steroids, right? And you think, wow, but the person like they don't, they they all are, all that person cares about is having the gold medal that so that they can say that they're the current champion and get more students and make more money. But that's the thing; like you have to transition. Right. The, the, I was going to read, I wondered if, um, uh, uh, John LeCar's book, The Spy Who Came In From the Cold. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was like, that's kind of an interesting idea. I wonder if it's about this, this transition, this transitory person who's trans, tr- transitioning out of becoming a spy. Cause you have to, the battle is over. What are you going to do? Right. Well, break glass in case of battle. But what do you do in the, in the meanwhile? Right. What what does Tyson do? Bag groceries? 
become a bouncer at a bar. Uh, he's not going to become a cop. He's, um, you know. Uh, he's done some acting. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. where, but where do these people go that, that aren't Tyson? They, they, they devoted their life to beating people up, and now they're the only place for them to go is bouncer? Right. Um, security guard? Uh, TV show? Person? I mean, there's no place for you to go. So you have to transition. You have to grow up. You have to you have to evolve. But what if you don't have the skills to evolve? You need help. Not everybody gets help. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, what comes to my mind is if you're having a hard time making that transition, you know, finding people who've already gone through it or know what it's about. Um, like one one of the other thoughts I had about this this podcast question was, um, I don't think most people join a dojo for community. In fact, I think 99% don't join it for community. They don't, but they stay because of community. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing. Is like that was something that was, I did not even think about it when I started Aikido. I didn't think like, oh, I'm going to make a bunch of really good friends that are going to last a lifetime and change my life. No, I was like, I want to learn martial art. Like, I'm here, show me. But I think that's another unexpected benefit. At, at, at the be- Not the best, but at schools that help you with the spiritual journey because it's easier to do a journey when you've got compatriots in the boat with you. If you're rowing all by yourself, yeah, it gets windy, you get sick, you can't keep rowing. But when you have other people, they don't need to be mentors even, just other people that you have on a community with and you share each other's battles, the battles are easier to, to bear when you're not alone. Right, so it's the merry men, right? Yeah. The, but that, that's the thing, like you you come for the techniques and killing and you stay for the friendships. Right. Right, but like... That's a huge benefit, though. Well, it's but it, it's that huge benefit, but a dojo is supposed to be this, this generational entity. Right. Where you have guys that have been studying Aikido for 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, 50. 1 years, and all the way up. And each one of them, you know, let's say you're a 10-year guy, and then you, you could go to the 40-year guy and be like, hey, man, I'm experiencing this thing. Go, oh, oh, I do. This is what I would do. Oh, and then it goes all the way up the levels of the Shaolin Temple. And if those guys don't know what to do, then you got to go see the abbot. Right. But today's martial arts schools aren't like that. We don't have these levels. We don't have these people. We don't have these levels of development. There is no abbot. There, well, maybe there's no abbot. There, there's only the abbot. Right. Right. And then you have no way to figure out how to get to the abbot's level, right? Because the problem you're having is a 10-year problem, a 12-year problem. Right. So there's no 20-year person to go, hey, I, w- I wouldn't do that if I was you. Right. And then you make these mistakes. And then where does Tyson go? Tyson has to find someone to help him move transition from being world heavyweight champion Mike Tyson to just Mike Tyson so that's you know it's a a great question the the first thing that came to my mind about that though was if you're a champion boxer there's no way you can become a champion boxer or martial art without a group of coaches and people that teach you Um, whereas I think like comparing it to a martial art like the the infrastructure of the martial art um, is that you have you have a large group of people um, that are at, that hopefully are at different, as you say, different stages of the experience. But I think it's hard because if you're someone like Tyson, like I'm thinking of like his trainer Customato, who was probably the greatest trainer of all time. Now that Tyson's our age, or we're all the same age, Cus is dead, right? Gone. 
and Tyson has burned bridges with Teddy Atlas and um, uh, uh, Rooney. You know, they see you can't go to those people. Right. He can't call them up and say, hey, what yeah. do I do now? Ideally, Customato dies. You're in this camp. You have Rooney and Atlas and you're moving through the ranks and then you fight all these people. You win. You retire. And then the three of you bring the people right. up. And the, you know, but then it didn't work out like that. So it doesn't work out that way for a lot of people. Almost nobody, right? You're very, you're very lucky if you have a successor. You're very lucky if you have a mentor. You're very lucky if your teacher lives long enough to see you graduate out of the blood and gut stages of martial arts. Right. So today you think, what do these people do? You got to get a therapist. You got to do all this stuff. You got to get a life coach. You know, and that I totally get what Tyson's upset about. Right, because the person that you were before, that you spent twenty or thirty years becoming, is now the person that no one wants you to be. It's in your way. Yeah, everybody wants to know, uh, wants to read my writings. They want to, you know, watch my videos. They want to watch this podcast. But they're like, yeah, no, I don't want to. I don't want to find out how to beat people up. I don't want to know how to use Aikido in a street fight. And you're like, okay, I got all this excellent, interesting skill and techniques that nobody wants. And then you go. And those are the things, you know, we were talking about this idea in the beginning about fun and happiness. The only thing that I derived any type of fun from in Aikido was thrashing people, showing people what's up, one-upping people. But now you you don't have that no more. And then you go, oh, because if you do that to people, they leave. If you do that to people, they get upset. You do that to people, they get injured. But do you, do you, is there, is there any holdover effect of this mental state that you could use where you're not only the chief instructor, but you're the head of your own Aikido organization. And so to some extent, you've got, you're trying to develop other dojos, you're trying to bring in other dojos, you're trying to to maintain the certain level of teaching across, you know, generations. Do you... Well, I mean, you know, obviously you would have an understanding of what we consider, quote unquote, right, correct Aikido, Right. But that's the hard part. Like you go to this, we had a group in another country. I told the guy, you got to know the difference between Ikkyo and Nikkyo. Right. And I told him that in private. And then he told everybody, this was my friend and my teacher. And then six months later, they they left our organization for another one. <laughs> and they promoted him to another rank. But I go, dude, this guy doesn't know the difference between Ikkyo and Nikkyo. Right. Uh, okay, I guess Aikido's like that, right? But like, that's the thing. Like you, you have to learn to do Aikido without the fighting. Right. Right. And then you have to learn what is what. And then you really learn a lot about violence doing a martial art. And then you really learn the the emptiness of violence when you become a teacher. Right. When you become a high level practitioner, you realize like, you know, I've talked about this in other podcasts is that how I how I come came to learn that violence is bad. And I think I've told you this one before where when my son was born. And I was like, wow, what an incredible thing. And I would just die if anybody hurt him. Right. And I went, oh, everybody is somebody's baby. Right. Oh, right. so how so how can I trespass or hurt other people if, if, in an, if we all share a common humanity? Common humanity and everybody's somebody's baby. I can't do that to others. Oh, violence is wrong. And then that started me down this journey. Right, because since he had just died a, a couple of years before that, this journey of like, well, then wait, wait but I, I like beating people up. Right. I like roughing people up. I like starting crap. Like, 
oh, wait, what are you supposed to do now? Yeah. You're not supposed to jam people. You're not supposed to let them have it. You have to go, oh, yes, very good. The height, like that. Like, oh, and then who am I? That's what I, that's basically what Mike Tyson's talking about. Who am I then? If I don't hurt people and I don't beat people up, then who am I? Right? And then you have to say to yourself, do I want to be a teacher, a priest? I mean, I think of someone like Tyson. He's got an incredible skill. I don't, and I don't mean like his fast hands. I mean, he's, as you say, he's got this encyclopedic knowledge of this activity, this sport, which is a violent sport. But uh, in, in a way, you know, it seems like he may say that he feels empty, but uh, I think people benefit a lot from listening to him. Right. But what you're alluding to is that he should become a coach, right? Not even. Oh, so I was thinking something even crazier, crazier. I was thinking he could even be, just become a philosopher. Well, he could, but he can't. Are you gonna, Not yet. Well, you're going to listen to a guy who has no college education? So he's When I think of, like, there's lots of different kinds of philosophy, right? There's scientific philosophy, there's logic, and then there's moral philosophy. Well, and, I mean, I think well, he has a lot. Well, I know, but, but, but what you're talking about is, is, to have a, is to pontificate about things without having a structure, which is dangerous because what ends up happening? More ego. More ego. People tell you how much they love you, and then you end up having sex with all your um, assistants, followers, and then you go, wait, what the hell just happened here? Because there's no structure. And that's why these other people go to Christianity, Buddhism, and whatnot. But the, but the thing about it is that he still doesn't know how to keep the, keep the animal in its cage. And, and that's why he's afraid. I do not drink alcohol. Right. Because I'm afraid that if I drink, someone's getting punched in the face. Right. So I go, oh, I don't drink alcohol. Well, I want you to I think, well, I heard it's a really good escape and it makes you feel good. Maybe I should do that. But then I go, ooh, one of these people that annoys me is getting punched in the face. Right. And I got like little man syndrome. Right. I already have a chip on my shoulder and I'm not drunk. So I, I don't want to drink because I don't want to let out that, that animal. Demon. The mm -hmm. demon, the tiger. And then- so Mike Tyson is the same thing. So he could become a philosopher, except for he, you run the risk of it becoming cultish. You run the risk of it being abused by somebody. To I, I totally agree. But I think like even listen, looking at the clip that, that we're showing in this episode, one could make the argument he's already a philosopher because- No, he, he, you're, you're not wrong. He is. But it's unchecked. It's yeah. un- he, Right now he's emotional. How did Mike Tyson- come to be with Don King. Do you know? I don't remember the Don King story now. So the story it's is... That, I know, well, it is what it isn't. Is that uh, at Bill Clayton's funeral, so Customato's passed away, Bill Clayton is the manager. Right. At Bill Clayton's funeral, he Mike Tyson's all distraught. Don King strolled in, in and signs Mike Tyson at the funeral. Right? So... That's why it's like he could be easily manipulated because he just, right now, what Tyson's talking about are just some things he read on page 17 of this book. Oh, be like water, my friend. That's what Bruce Lee said. Right. But do you really understand that? And to understand that, you need training. And then to guide others in a, on a philosophical journey, you need training because training is what, te what prevents you from falling into the pitfalls and even... Modern religion, Buddhism, and Christianity; these guys fall inside to their uh, their their uh, churchgoers, right? 
Mm-hmm. How many of these guys get caught up in sex scandals? And they're classically trained, right? But yeah. so, but, that's, yeah. but the point is, is that it's dangerous for Mike Tyson to become a philosopher and write books and all these things because it's like Bruce Lee, be like water, my friend. Yes, everybody, I came up with that. Oh, wait, Lao Tzu said, be like, oh, wait, no, I mean, yeah. I, oh, I, I, I. And then everyone starts saying, no, no, no. Bruce Lee said, be like water, but actually it was Lao Tzu. The other thing that I was thinking about this, and I, I, I hear what you're saying about the, the dangers of that people then get um, lionized for writing certain things. But the other thing that, that I thought when I was doing this podcast topic and I was prepping for it, and this is kind of a different vector, is that um, I realized that like to do this, you have to have a long game mentality. It is, but is Tyson, Mike Tyson the type of person who is good at long games? No. No, he's... No, I'm just saying, like, for in a martial arts experience, like, if you're going to stay around for a long time, you have to be in it, and you have to have a long-term mentality. But most people don't have that, because if they had a long-term mentality, they would realize that it takes too long and is not as beneficial in the long run, so it might as well just take up golf. Golf has a stru- has a philosophical structure. It does, right? And so I don't cheat. I don't use the hand wedge, right? <laughs> and I don't cheat, so might as well just go do that. But that's the hard part that not everybody gets goes on this journey. Only some people. There are teachers in teachers in this school. They're not on this journey. It is it is somehow the, my my own journey that I have to live out as as with all people have their own journeys. But the you know if we get back to the topic, which is this unintended. Unintended, unintended benefit. The unintended benefit is just is that somehow it makes you a better person. Mm. Somehow, you you grow and learn and become a better person. Not just that you don't beat people up, or you not not just that you don't steal, but then you don't beat people up, right? And you don't cheat on your taxes. You don't cheat on your spouse. You don't do all these things because you realize like it's. It doesn't let uh, enable you to follow the way when you act like that. When I beat people up, I cannot follow the way, right? And so you think, oh gosh, this is the unintended benefit. And it is a benefit. And don't get me wrong, it does help me, but it's painful. It's difficult. It's very it's difficult. difficult because, man, I want to be I a, 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 a person with an attitude. The black belt comes into the dojo and you guys l- let that person slide. I go, oh, I wouldn't have let him slide. I'd have murdered that dude. Then you go, no, you're the teacher, you can't do that. And you have to go, hey, how are you doing, buddy? You come back anytime. And then my mind, I go, I would just, I wish, I wish someone else was the teacher. Then I'd have murdered that dude. But then you can't, can't live your life like that. You know, so it's, yes, it's a, 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 that's, that is the unintended benefit that I understand at this very moment. I mean, there are other things, you know, I, I learned how to deal with problems. I learned how to, you know, become more physically fit. I became, I learned how to public speak. You know, there's all these different things that and I, write and write. I did that. I did not intend as a as a benefit, but the benefit, the unintended benefit that I'm working on at this very second, is is this change? Is this change? Yeah, the really coming in, coming in from the cold. Well, I think that's a good place to end. I think that's an excellent place to end. There's a good. I'm not sure if we answered the question, but uh, thank you for watching. And don't forget to like or subscribe to this podcast.
Thank you very much. Thank you.